everyone, and welcome to It Was Murder. We're here to answer the yet-to-be-asked question. Is Heart to Heart a good show? Uh, this is Eric Blood. I am the nostalgic acquaintance to Heart to Heart. This is Ellen Ito. I'm the devoted lover. And this is Joe Garber, and I'm the dubious virgin. Yes. <laughs> We're going episode by episode to discover whether it was truly murder or if it was just dead. And tonight we are jumping off with the pilot. No better place to start. Uh, the pilot's just called Heart to Heart. Heart to Heart. Heart aired to Heart. originally in 1979 as a two-parter, uh, but we watched it, of course, as one. Mm. And uh, Ellen, will you read us the synopsis? With pleasure. Heart to Heart, pilot, airing August 25th, 1979. Wealthy married couple Jonathan and Jennifer Hart find out that a friend of theirs has weirdly left a spa that he was staying at. And we, I think we all know spa means rehab. He has weirdly committed suicide by just driving straight off a cliff in the middle of the night. Jonathan uh, finds this suspicious. He vows to the widow that he will uh, figure out what happened because Sam didn't kill himself. Something's up. Jonathan goes to the therapist's office. There's kind of an adult baby scenario. Um, Jonathan and Jennifer both go undercover as people that hate each other, even though they are actually married and solving the crime together. They go to the spa and the spa is just really creepy. No one can quite figure out what's going on. I think people are getting blackmailed. Somebody gets murdered. It's the adult baby lady. Um, Jonathan and Jennifer like kind of go back and forth. And then the doctors are like, what the hell is going on? Who are these people? They're so annoying. And then Jennifer gets hypnotized unexpectedly. And then she almost kills herself and Jonathan by almost driving off cliff. Prior to that, there's a fist fight with lady in, in a trunk and the end. Right. <laughs> yes. A friend of wealthy Jennifer and Jonathan Hart is dead because he drove off a cliff uh, after being at a spa. Jonathan and Jennifer go to the spa to find out what happened to their friend. They meet a movie star who is also being blackmailed by the spa people and hypnotized into possibly committing suicide, but they murder her before that happens. So Jennifer ends up getting hypnotized into killing herself by driving off a cliff between two lights. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan is also almost killed by a snake, dropped off by a very cute guy. And uh, then a cop that they got into a car accident with earlier solves the entire crime because they run into him again. So wealthy couple, Jonathan and Jonathan and Jennifer... Go heart. Okay, that was so horrible. Jennifer and Jennifer and Jonathan. I said <laughs> I didn't say heart. I said something else. Okay, so wealthy couple, Jonathan and Jennifer Hart's friend happily drives off a cliff between these two <laughs> blinking lights and they find out that he was a member of a health spa that they go to to investigate what happened to him they pretend like they don't know each other as an undercover situation they find there's a lot of creepy stuff going on at this health spa there's these um nervousness sessions that this actor was under that Jennifer tries to be a part of at the, one of these nervousness sessions, Jennifer gets hypnotized by a hundreds year old Ruby. Uh, she's hypnotized and they show these blinking lights so that she'll drive off her car off the cliff. J Jonathan and Jennifer are in the car driving. She almost drives off the cliff, but Jonathan saves them. Uh, and they find out that the people at the health spa were hypnotizing people to blackmail them out of their money. Doom. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a pretty accurate description of the episode. And we're off to the races. Yes, I will say though, if I did choose a cocktail from this episode, it would have been the there's a there's a poker game at the end, and there's a Middle Eastern man drinking just a tiny glass of like pure green liquid. Yes, and that's the cocktail I would have chosen to be represented. I would have I would have wanted a some bourbon out of a perfume bottle. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think when I think of this episode, I think of that gross thing that Max makes with uh, raw eggs. Oh, the orange Julius. Oh, yeah. Is it orange Julius? And then he pours like half of a fifth of Jack Daniels into I, it. Yes. I, I have that in my notes And as he well. gives <laughs> some to Freeway, the dog. He lets it lick, mm, lick I know. off his finger. Really bad move, Max. And then he lets, lets him lick it again when it, when it has bourbon in it. And Freeway like is like obviously more excited about the bourbon <laughs> that he just poured on top of that blender. <laughs> okay, so the, the, the nagging question for me. Joe, what did you think oh, of your first Heart to Heart? Oh, my God. Okay, so I really, really liked it. Yay! Yes, Yay. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I did fall asleep and then have to <laughs> watch it. Like I did have to watch the rest the next day. I fell asleep when they were doing kung fu like lessons. Oh yes! <laughs> and so I had to finish the episode the next day, but uh, very confused about a couple things. Okay. Okay. I'm there's, ready. There's like three major things that I'm confused about. In this episode, three. three major things. I don't know if I think that's a lot or not very many considering <laughs> do, the episode overall. I, I think it's actually, not very many. I could do more. Okay. <laughs> could be more. The Let's three major, see what happens. Yes. The three things is like, what the fuck were the health spa people up to? Like, what were they actually doing? Yeah. I actually have that question too. Okay. That's mm-hmm. number one. Number two is... The way that Jennifer Hart is introduced <laughs> is fucking insane, batshit crazy. And then number three, is hiding in a trunk really the best way to sneak attack somebody? No, not at all. <laughs> those are my nagging questions. Okay, so those those questions I think I think we need to we need to really explore. <laughs> because okay, let's I, so, okay. So basic idea of heart to heart is a wealthy man and his wealthy wife are amateur sleuths who with no experience and no one asking <laughs> just <laughs> investigate <laughs> random shit. And this one, a friend of theirs dies mm-hmm. uh, on his way to a poker game where Sam serves them <laughs> a giant platter of pastrami sandwiches. Uh, yeah. Which made yes. my mouth water, uh, and Michael Lerner is in that scene, which I who I love. Uh, that was it's so cute to see him. Uh, who was well, he? Who was he in that I, scene? He's the cop. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, not for long. Um, I I feel like it's worth acknowledging the previous characterizations that lead to this uh, glamorous duo, married, childless, dog having duo. Yes. Um, solving mysteries because I'm sorry, Eric, not everyone has to be a small town mystery writer in order to legitimately solve crimes as an amateur. <laughs> There's rich um, ones too. But Jennifer is a freelance writer. <laughs> she is. And her she's book, a published author. Yeah, Thank her you book, very much. Her book is in the episode. Her book, 21 was, reasons to live. 21 reasons, 21 to live. reasons for living. She wrote that by, yes. by Jennifer Edwards. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's why she because took the book. Okay. 
Wow. Yeah, it's a key plot point, right? They really want you to know that Jennifer wrote a book. She's also, mm-hmm. if you may recall, um, at the start of the episode, she is in Europe, of course, going to parties in Monaco, sending Max telegrams to be read aloud to her husband instead of sending her husband telegrams as if the phones don't work. But <laughs> yeah. also, she's writing a series of articles about macho. Oh, that's right. Ugh. Macho. I love. I. Yeah. The sad thing is that none of nothing is going to come of that. Like, <laughs> is that the man she fell in love with for ten minutes? Uh, one, no, that was a different. Wait, no, wait. She does. She does bring up falling in love with someone in Monaco for ten minutes. Yeah. Um. Also, we should we should explain who Max is. Right. Max is. And we should call him Max instead yes. of Sam. Wait. Why were we calling him Sam? Did I call him Sam? <laughs> you did. Oh, oh you shit. Did? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know, that's one of my many mistakes that I'll make (laughs) on this Um, podcast. Thank you, uh, Argentinian wine. I thought when the episode first started, I thought Max was their driver, just specifically their driver, because he's dressed as a driver. Right. The whole time. He's just kind of their butler, like their Alfred. Yeah. To to their collective Mm -hmm. Batman. Yeah. He's kind of their sidekick guy that like helps them out with things. But he's also you you get the sense that he has he has some street smarts and some know how that like make him invaluable to them in their Uh in their sleuthing endeavors. Yes. (laughs) At one point he brings them like a like that picnic basket full of Of French fries and onion rings. Onion rings and that shot of him reaching in with both of his giant mitts and grabbing food out of it grossed me out so much what it's like juicy jacks yes junk house shack or something like yeah. that it's like juicy um, junkyard jacks junkyard juicy. jacks juicy yeah. juicy jacks greasy jack. bless you max let me guess jason's mascala jack's juicy junkyard open 24 hours it's Jack's Juicy Junkyard. Jack's yeah, Juicy Jack's Juicy Junkyard. junkyard. Uh-huh. Which sounds really porny. Uh-huh. Totally. Um, okay, but so so Jennifer and Jonathan, clearly, like, there's a direct line between them to the characters from Dashiell Hammett's Thin Man novels. Yes. And then, like, the subsequent six films. And then there was a TV series, and it's all about the snappy patter. I mean, eventually in the movies, the couple has a child, but they always have a dog. And in the book, they're just, you know, like childless, freewheeling drunks, basically, (laughs) who like to solve mysteries. The difference is that in Heart to Heart, Jonathan is the self-made millionaire. And in uh, The Thin Man, between Nick and Nora, Nora is the socialite. So Nick is living off of Nora. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which sounds legit to me. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Nick. If I don't know if, if you're familiar with the novel or if you've read it. Joe, have you read that book? No. The Thin Man? Mm-mm. So it's it's uh Dashiell Hammett like returns to doing kind of first person situation and the novel's actually written from the perspective of Nick. Oh, okay. Which is yeah. super interesting. But uh-huh. the movies are amazing and I feel like the movies are just a drinking game unto themselves. Oh, really? They are <laughs> so invested in drinking that oh. it is hilarious. And one of my favorite lines from the movies is a reporter asks Nora if her husband, Nick, is working on a case. And she's like, oh, yes, he is. And he's like, what case? And she says, a case of scotch. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Holy shit. I smell our yeah. next podcast. Oh God! Right. Well, no, it that'll smell definitely like scotch. <laughs> it smells like scotch and cigarettes. We're definitely going to get into the Thin Man. I have that book. Yeah. Uh, you should read it. Oh it's, yeah, it's so okay. fun to read. It's it's also very quick. I thought of them as like um, 
George and Martha from who's afraid of Virginia Wolf a little bit in the way and the crazy yeah. level that they ah. would like play with each other on this like mm, lethal, sure. lethal edge sort of like, I, I mean when she first, okay, that's a great, great comparison. You guys like, <laughs> so wow. watching this yeah. episode now, how did you feel about how Jennifer is introduced into the episode? Okay. First of all, she's introduced by running over a pair of false legs yeah. that are set under Wait, her car. Maybe, yes. <laughs> maybe we need to, to back up okay. to before the Argentinian wine mm-hmm. and, uh, explain briefly how the two characters, because we meet Jonathan at the, the opening of yes. the episode. Yes. And Ugh. we kind of get a little bit of background about how, um, he's a horrible dick. Weird. Yeah. yeah. He's, <laughs> he is the worst human being on earth. I really don't like how they introduced him. I, I don't either. It's, I mean, but it, it does. It's, it's very Bruce Wayne of Wayne enterprises. Yeah. Uh, he's just the rich asshole that owns this company. Yes. And he's never been inside the office. Uh-huh. He meets his secretary for the, the first time he's been working there for months uh and he he the only thing he says to her is his name yeah three fucking times like a complete asshole As and if then she's barges into his office what that means yeah i hate him i, I think he's horrible instantly <laughs> unlikable instantly there's there's something very odd about the tone of the character of jonathan in the pilot i mean i yes. always feel like i, I give pilots you got to give them a lot of leeway because they're just like closing their eyes and throwing a dart. Right. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. ideally the show that comes afterwards just barely resembles any of the travesties that occur during a pilot and particularly during a pilot that is two hours long, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Jennifer's introduced. Um, <laughs> we don't, we don't know who she is. Like we hear about her as like the disembodied wife, right. Who sends the telegram and writes these books. And he's, just all about how in love with her and how lucky he is and da da da. She parties, whatever. She's in Paris, um, right? She's in Monaco. Monica, she's in Paris Monica. and she's going to a party in Monaco, right? Oh, right, okay. But we don't actually see her until they're having this <laughs> terrifying yeah. uh car chase. Daredevil car chase. Drag race. Yeah. Yeah, along a cliff. Yeah. Where they get into an accident with a police officer. He hits a cop car, yeah. Who the Jonathan then just bribes out of, he bribes his way out of that. He gets he gets a ticket. He gets a ticket. He gets a ticket, but it's it's very much implied that it's like just, he's putting money in the cop's pocket. Okay, so I watched this not knowing that that was Jennifer, assuming it was some kind of like assassin sent to kill him. <laughs> Right, like right. that's what you're yeah. supposed to think. That is, the, yeah. she's sitting. Did duck- it work <laughs> for a minute? Yes, and then when she finally reveals herself, I was just super confused. I was like, "Well, why did you do all that bullshit then?" But mm-hmm. so she's sitting in her car, ducked down in her convertible, and there's a pair of legs that she's stuffed, <laughs> like as if it was a man laying a underneath the car. Under car yeah. And then he goes drives past, and then she runs over the legs. And you're like, wait, what is that? And we had, then we had to rewind that because we both thought, wait, did what? he just run over? Someone? Yeah, like what just happened? <laughs> and then she catches up to him. They're speeding along. She's in oncoming mm-hmm. traffic. They're veering around cars that are oncoming. Finally, yeah. they're like breakneck speeds going around these curves. He sees her. They fully see each other. And then he runs, he hits a cop car and like his front headlight goes out. And then mm-hmm. she leaves. She like looks back at him. She looks back at him and says shit several times. Yeah. I think. Or like, damn. This is, damn. Damn. Now, now <laughs> um, a bunch of swear words. Well, I know this isn't the point 
about the legs, the weird stuffed legs underneath the car, indicating that the car is broken down. Uh-huh. But in what universe is your car breaking down? You're like, I guess I'll just check the brake pads or something like why? I mean, it doesn't work for purposes of the story, but typically you are opening the hood and taking a look, right? You're not like, yeah. oh my God, my, my, <laughs> the wheel bearings in my Mercedes yeah. 300S diesel, um, just blew out, but it's pretty well, funny. Thing, how the fuck did under. she, like, she was able to one, get home and get her car. <laughs> <laughs> before uh-huh. he even noticed her and then get it's, to a random point between home and the health spa where this entire thing takes place yes. and set up this scene. Yes. It's, I mean, it's ludicrous. It's, it's completely ludicrous. ridiculous. Uh-huh. Mm, I think there's a time that passes because Jonathan goes into the therapist's office and does a little digging around. Oh, oh, m- one of my favorite, time. one of my favorite scenes. Like, so he, <laughs> we already know this, yeah. all this guy is, oh, is yeah. a, is a, a super wealthy business guy. He goes to a psychiatrist's office and just starts asking questions about a patient Without saying who he is, without yeah. presenting any identification, no, yes. like, hey, I'm a cop. And, and the psychiatrist is subtly reluctant, but not really, like, just gives up all of this information yeah. to this random white dude. Yes. And then it's revealed that somebody's being treated basically because they have, like, a weird adult baby fetish or something. Am I yeah. reading that wrong? Yeah, but she's dressed as a baby. She has a lot of blush on, and she keeps that blush on through the whole episode. Like <laughs> that's sure not part of the baby outfit. She has that the blush, blush on. Is absolute insanity. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I the blush just really freaked me out. Yeah. And I always, I always have to think back to a moment uh, when all of that was quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think could that ever have been perceived by me as normal? But clearly it must have been. Yeah. But she, she's wearing so much blush mm-hmm. that it looks like she's got sunstroke or something. Yes. Like it's, yes. it's crazy. But like, and Jill St. John, like notoriously sexy, like 60s, 70s, early eighties lady. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that's a weird one. I don't know why I can't remember that character's name, but she put, portrays an actress that's having like adult baby weirdness. She's at the spa. She's yeah. having regressive therapy, right? Yes, is regressive therapy, therapy. And then she's having anxiety therapy. therapy later on at the spa. Which is which is fake. Which anxiety is fake. sessions. Anxiety which sessions. Is, which is the code word for- uh, We hypnotize you and you kill Hypnotizing people yeah, into yeah, yeah, committing yeah. suicide. <laughs> yes. Which still, I can't figure Doesn't out how it benefits- sense. I How it benefits understand. Bunny and Mouse, the Bunny and Mouse, <laughs> Roddy McDowell, and uh, <laughs> whoever that whoever that incredible yeah. woman playing and is. her therapists. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Sure. That's honestly though, it's the most area of blush I've ever seen in my it, entire it is, life. It is from the jawline <laughs> yes. to directly under. Under the, the eye. Eyes. I mean, to that's the ears. not like to the ear. Also, yes. It's yeah. Um. It's. <laughs> Very strange and not appealing. I mean, like, I think it's hard to make Jill St. John not sexy, but that blush almost succeeds in that goal. It's just so weird. So, okay, can I, I want to bring up like how this episode looks. And I think, I think the, like, this is going to veer into our fashion segment, I'm sure. But I'm, I'm so excited to get to the fashion. The, the look of this episode is 
I love it so much. It's so perfectly <laughs> 70s television, mm-hmm. but it's also like primary color orgy. Like it's, it's so good. Well, like there's, there's just green and blue and red but and also yellow and like browns and oh, a lot yeah. of brown, a lot of wood <laughs> in the homes. Yes. yes. There's always like mm-hmm. wood and orange, which is my favorite color combo, like white walls mm-hmm. with treated wood and then orange carpets. Yes. I fucking love that look so much. It's, it makes me feel like I'm at home. Everything about the episode, like visually lands in two places. Mm -hmm. Eric, don't get upset, but I'm going to talk about Jonathan Hart's office. And I know you think he's an (laughs) asshole and blah, blah, blah. Why doesn't that rich motherfucker go to work, et cetera. Um, Blah, blah, blah. You made a search to say his name or whatever. Um, There's a round, a gigantic round window in Jonathan Hart's office that I think is amazing. And then there are, there's a set of gorgeous, uh, Breuer bar stools. Yes. That are incredible. I have those. So the, you know, the office chairs, not the bar stools, but the office chairs. Mm -hmm. I have those chairs. (laughs) I have a set of those chairs that are, that were in my studio in Seattle. Oh, wow. And now they're, uh, in storage and Mm. at Ish's house. But, uh, yeah, I have those chairs. You could turn your apartment into hard industries, we which, by the way, could. I would love that. Is a global uh, conglomerate uh, made up of twenty interconnected businesses. Inter- yes, yeah, interconnected corporations. <laughs> the the most striking thing about that office to me was the where the receptionist or. What, yeah, what do you call, uh, not a receptionist. Secretary. Secretary, where she sat. It looked like the assistant. The assistant, the woman he was confusing by just saying his name. Yeah, the woman he was being a horrible asshole to. Yeah, her, her desk was like glass, I think. And then it looked like if you, if you like tried to make a set out of what was in your grandma's home, her chair was this like wood, tall wooden chair. (laughs) And it was just like, wait, who is she? And she just sits in this windowless corner outside of his Mm -hmm. office. It was very, weird very 70s (laughs) very 70s i sort of love it i think it's that weird moment like right after terence conran's house book sort of drops where there's that strange kind of Mm country-ish vibe but then also like the weird 80s everything is like an 80s riff on deco or a 70s 80s riff on deco which of course is reflected in clothing in many ways like just that throwback thing where then the clothing also becomes very 40s and also just you know encrusted in cocaine yes. or whatever oh but my god the the other aesthetic thing that really uh motivates me that i love in the episode is it's because it's just the beginning of stephanie powers as jennifer hart mm-hmm. wearing every single one-shouldered outfit in the universe <laughs> yes and i love it so much because she just kills it mm-hmm. it's just endlessly inspiring they look great they the clothes Super in gorgeous. the episode are incredible except for the pants mm-hmm. that jonathan wears which yeah. really the men's pants during this era are horrible they're the really bad the women's dresses and jumpsuits i did a little tiny bit of research and found out that halston was Roy Halston was like basically in charge of fashion during the seventies. He's just like yeah. the first American yeah. like blockbuster fashion designer. There's that shirt that Jonathan's wearing that I'm like, I have that shirt and it's a Halston oh, shirt. Oh, it is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. 
So Halston, do we want to talk about Halston? Because I can talk about Halston. <laughs> I do because the, so, the rest of okay. this time. What I'm interested in though is if I had to name this fashion in this like showcased in this episode and in all of the 70s, I would call it Greek futurist. Mm-hmm. Because it's like yeah. super it's very Logan's run. Yes, it's Logan's very, run, exactly. Yeah. And it's Toga's like what, and I'm really curious about what Halston was looking at to like develop this specific look for people during this time. It's all like gladiator sandals and like cinched waist, very simple dresses. And like I don't understand where that comes from though. Well, like, so Nolan Miller is the person that designed the costumes for heart to heart, like mm-hmm. the whole series. And he later, like he's most well known for really being like the king of banana shoulder pads uh, for <sighs> dynasty. Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. Um, but I'll say Halston captured a minimalism and also like uh, it's not casual, but it's, it's, simplified like dynamic American sports wear American look that sports also is very wear, minimal yes. <laughs> totally. and elegant. And in in my mind, like Halston is is absolutely one of my most uh favorite designers, not just because it's just this really great take on on a super American aesthetic that mm. we all take for granted now because it's so infused into like ready to wear mm. now. But oh man, Halston Halston also really ushered in a tailored look like pants for women, like these big things. And that's really what you're seeing in heart to heart. Like Jennifer wears Mm -hmm. so many suits to indicate that she, she works right. Like we're it's um, seven years post equal rights amendment passing, Mm -hmm. you know, like Jennifer Hart, I think there's an argument to be made that she's meant to embody this thing that Sidney Sheldon, of course, the creator of heart to heart really supported, which was this idea of the strong, female character and the heroine, like the women in, in most of his novels, like they save themselves, which is really amazing. I think that's a dynamic that will come up a lot later in the run of the show because there's this interplay where Jonathan is, is the millionaire, but clearly Jennifer holds the cards. Yes. And I think that that's, that's written into the show. These are, these are all elements that, that are, that are very true to Sidney Sheldon. And I think to heart to heart as a whole, but in this episode, mm-hmm. not so much, uh, this episode, this episode, like, uh, Jennifer gets fully got, uh, by the doctors. Yeah. She gets hypnotized yeah. <laughs> with a Ruby. Yeah. That's Look, a it's a ruby that that has hundreds of years of history. Only hundreds. I'm like, <laughs> Only oh, hundreds. Te- technically, like it, that's a really young ruby. Yeah, it's like millions of years. You could tell they love that shot of it out of focus and her in focus. Oh, I like, love that shot. I loved it too. I yeah. Fucking love but that. They kept shit. doing it over and over. It was really funny. But the moment, so the the realest moment of the episode for me was when Jennifer is trying to convince Jonathan Hart to leave because they're killing people yes. after the actress, they, they, that she's mm-hmm. doing acupuncture and they inject her with something and it kills her. And Jennifer is like <laughs> right. freaked out and she's like, we have to get, we're in over our heads. She you screams know. for help. Like yeah, she's mummified. Like yes. <laughs> but she's, she's wrapped, wrapped up. up. You got it. I mean, we have to acknowledge that that's a terrifying yes. murder scene. That yeah, Sylvia is murdered, and they're both just like wrapped up. Yeah. like if it was handled a little bit differently, it would have been genuinely terrifying. But it was so late seventies television. Yeah. <laughs> like the way we knew, the way we yeah. knew that Sylvia Maxwell died was that her feet went from <laughs> perpendicular to 
convex. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it possible to have mundane hysteria? And I'm not saying hysteria because she's female. I'm saying because there's like just the way like it kind of builds where she's like, help. Sylvia? Sylvia? Help! Somebody! I mean, for me, it's like, she's just, she's just cool enough to be like, well, I'm not in, I'm not in mortal danger. Like I just need someone to come and get this body out of here. And she also like probably doesn't realize what's happening in that, in that scene. Like she's like, oh, maybe she fell asleep. I think that, no, I think that's where she figured it out. Like she knew that she knew she was dead. Yeah. Oh (laughs) my God. But then the next scene, oh my God, I just remembered what happens. So but the, the the realest scene of the episode is Jennifer trying to get Jonathan to agree to leave because they're murdering people. And yes, she's like, let's right. get the fuck out of here. And then right. he just like, which is the only normal thought in the entire because before episode. this, they're kind of both just like fucking around. I love it that they're both just like, they love to just play with people a little bit and they love to like, it's they're, they're just like, their weird sex games. Well, they're like, we're, we're in. Yeah. Cognito. The whole thing is. Uh-huh. Yeah. The whole thing is yes, a sex game, right? Which Where I love. it's like, it's just like, an intense extension of yes. the weird, like pretending to meet and in the bar or whatever, but it goes on yes. for two hours. And I love how playful Jonathan is. He's like this little scamp. He's like this sexual scamp. He's like Han Solo sort of. He's yes, just like, he, is. he loves to fuck with people a little bit. And like he, and he, you can tell he's like, even him as a person, not even the actor, like his little smile is just like so real in those scenes when he gets to deliver those lines, which is really great. But Jennifer is like pleading with him to leave and he won't do it and he like <laughs> sort of manipulates her into staying and she's trying to manipulate him into leaving but they like won't budge because his fr- she, she, he needs to figure out what happened to his friend she then goes into the bathroom <laughs> and she's like trying to get her hair dryer to work and, and it shoots a burst of flame into the, into shower, the shower curtain, curtain and melts shower it. Curtain. Oh my God, Joe. So when we were watching that this morning, Joe went, oh, what is it? A flame? Is it a gun? Is it a flamethrower? And I just sat there like, I can't say it anything. burst into flame. That was so funny. And it was like. Well, but I, I, I think it also, I mean, this is not a spoiler. There's so many episodes where people are trying to kill Jennifer that it's <laughs> it's yeah. really weird how many different the ways way, that like that people that try wouldn't to kill, kill her. her. If she had it up to her head and <laughs> shot a flame into her head, it wouldn't kill her. It would burn her really badly. Yeah, but there's. It would scare scare her, which I think is often what criminals are trying Uh, to do, right? They're like, we we might be blackmailing people with these weird cassette tapes, you guys. We might be doing this anxiety treatment where we hypnotize Uh, people. We might be doing a lot of things, and it's never going to be made clear mm -hmm. to you, but we just want you guys to butt out. You hearts or Jennifer, (laughs) whatever you said your name was, uh, Betty Olson. We we were... uh, Whatever, like, like whatever, Peter, Peter Templeton, Peter Templeton, who's a steel magnet invested in steel uh-huh. from in Duluth, Minnesota. Like, there's just uh, there's just so much uh-huh. going on. Like we'll replace I love uh, I love the the detail of the Duluth, Minnesota tag mm-hmm. in his suit. <laughs> in his <laughs> so suit, cute. Like, give me a break. Okay, so I want to talk about a couple. There's a couple of details from the show that I want to bring up, and I want to see if if anyone has an answer to them. <laughs> there's a scene where Max is on the studio lot. Oh, that's so random. Yeah, this is a scene I was wondering if that if it was like 
they had shot more. They had intended more to be in the episode, and then it got cut mm-hmm. out on the on the cutting room floor or whatever. Because I was super confused about what was happening. For me, the entire studio scene is just like la 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 la. Like I can't yeah. do that one. Yeah. From Natalie Wood <laughs> playing Scarlett O'Hara to the I can't even deal with it. Like it's just it's just like this weird thing where it's like this is offensive and it'll go on for about three to five minutes and then yeah and make no sense it whatsoever make no any sense, sense. like and he the was, last joke was like this woman is dressed as like a southern belle with an umbrella and yeah. he's like uh which picture are you in and she's like i'm not in a in a movie and then it's like <laughs> what was that yeah. why the scene was in that this? well that was natalie wood that was robert wagner's wife oh that was natalie wood Right. And I also, I, I, I hate referring to her as Robert Wagner's wife. Natalie Wood was a massive movie star. Who was, right. Natalie Wood, award-winning actress. Yeah, so amazing. Wood. Who so that, may very well have been murdered by Robert Wagner, oh, which we will have to get into at some point. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but, hmm. <laughs> but I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to avoid it as long as we can. <laughs> so that whole episode was for her cameo. But yes. Okay. I think uh, that so. That was totally lost on there, So he was there having something to do with Sylvia Maxwell, like checking out her oh, contract. Right. That's or, where it comes from. Yeah. Right. But yeah, Jennifer. She's an actress. She's a, she's a movie star. Yeah. Oh, sorry. She's a movie star with Who all will that not blush. do a television movie. I don't do movies for television. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a great line. Uh, when Jennifer is just trying to prod her. I just want to run away. Yes. And she she like, wants to run away to Tahiti or Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Who doesn't? Who doesn't, Sylvia? With I'm that a much fan blush of on your face, you should be like grateful for a television movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you wear that much blush. So the plot of this episode is very much secondary to the episode, in my opinion. Like yeah. the the entire point of this pilot is to display the interplay between Jonathan and Jennifer as a married couple, as partners, as, mm-hmm. uh, you know, rich people, rich people in like a very confusing way. That's like my one rewrite is like how they introduced Jennifer Hart. Yeah. I feel like they oh. thought that was way more clever than it was. I, it was just so confusing. And I, oh, when she had the gun, she, like- she, <laughs> she has a tiny little gun and she stalks into, she has like, um, what's a bungalow 10 is like, her, That's where he's saying you're, you're led to believe that do she's, it, do it tonight. Yeah, exactly. 10. Yes. That's the note she has at the front at the concierge. You're led to believe <laughs> she's some kind of assassin that's supposed to kill whoever's in bungalow <laughs> 10. Can you tell me where Mr. Templeton is staying? Yes. I'd like to give his bungalow a wide berth. A wide berth. <laughs> yeah. Cause she, mm-hmm. he like spills ink on her. He drops her suitcase. There's this whole like foible like, meet cute sort of thing that's that happens that like I was Mm -hmm. so confused about because I knew that was her I knew just from like they're a married couple this show is about a married couple solving mysteries I was like that's his wife obviously but you're like led to believe that she's some kind of assassin out to kill him (laughs) and then she has a gun but she knows that he's she's his wife too so it doesn't make any sense she also knows that the gun isn't loaded yet she wanders the grounds of this spa holding the gun (laughs) and she's also aware that his friend died right like the whole time so they're playing this weird game (laughs) while he's trying to like find out who killed his friend yeah it's like it's to be fair joe it's their friend yeah right they both knew him sam 
the smiling that's Sam. Sam. He's smiling when he drove off a cliff and his car exploded. That, yeah, that's a very weird sequence. There's <laughs> yes, I think one a moment that always sticks sticks in my mind is when Jonathan goes over to the widows, the now newly widowed, um, what's her face, right to her house, yes. and and there's like a creepy. It's kind of creepy the way that they like it's kind of key party-ish. Oh god. At the front door. And then mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, I'm sorry, Jonathan. Can I offer you a drink? And he's like, How about that one? And like <laughs> takes her drink because she's clearly wasted, right? Yeah. Or something. Uh-oh. And then she's she's like, When does Jennifer get back? Like it's just very Yeah. There's something very weird about that. For example, she is not crying at all. No. And her husband has been dead for like 10 seconds. And she's yes. alone. Like, she's completely alone in the house. Uh, like there's no yeah. one else in that house. Yeah. When mm-hmm. someone dies, people come to your house. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> like, what he was doing there. <laughs> yeah, but he was the only one. Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was so weird. The other weird part about that scene was they they go to the bar and they start talking. And the camera pans over to the smiling <laughs> portrait of Sam, her de- yeah. deceased husband. That portrait was amazing. Amazing. And it was portrait so, so good. I wish I had that portrait. It's like a velvet like painting of him. It's so great. It's yeah, perfect. it's Smiling. exactly how he looked when he went exactly. plunging over yes. the cliff. And it yeah. was like the show was just like this is his wife. Make sure you know that this is his wife. Like they were like the the pan over the camera shot with that portrait in. It's like we get it. This is his wife. Like why are you like beating us over the head with this? And then also having such a confusing scene of the guy at the movie studio. Like movie studio scenes a dud. It's so I, confusing. I have to say like the response that Joe that you're having to the introduction of Jennifer <laughs> and like the crazy like like weird playing chicken in like the world's most yes. expensive cars and all that stuff and how you know, you're supposed to think Jennifer is this or that. The other thing is that now, of course, I see it. And I'm just think, thinking like that doesn't make one lick of sense. But when I saw it as a kid, I mean, that's what just thrilled me and intoxicated me about the show. Like yes. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like I legitimately was just like, oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Mm-hmm. That's the wife. Yes. Like I just completely <laughs> didn't get it as a kid and then it was amazing i agree with you that that is so fun when when you find out that they're both just these crazy wild rich people who are like racing their cars on on cliffs and she has they're like these like detectives who have guns and stuff it's so fun to like see them interact with each other after knowing that about them yeah i if i just had was in the writer's room for that i would be like (laughs) how about we make her like actually on a mission like she is thinking she's going to go assassinate somebody or something like make it so that she doesn't know it's her husband and then they have this like funny like oh it's you wow crazy so what it was what it was for me the the missing link for me was do they consider solving crimes or mysteries some sort of game where one of them wins because it seemed competitive. Mm. Yeah, totally. Like it wasn't like she, she was trying to fuck with him on yeah. the, in the car chase. When she gets to the hotel, she's continuously trying to fuck with him. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing. And I know that I get it, that they're trying to pretend that they don't know each other when mm-hmm. they get there for everybody else's benefit. But for it to work, they would have like at the end of every episode, they would have to say like, this one's mine. Like I got this. I won. Yeah. Like I won this one. Mm-hmm. But please consider like the 
the hilarious language of the note that of course on the one hand you're supposed to be like oh like we're supposed to still buy into this idea that jennifer we don't know who she is and you know she's an do assassin it. or whatever do it tonight <laughs> do it do tonight. it tonight bungalow yeah. 10 do um it tonight. you know it's like it's all about it's all about, it's about jack's fucking. jack's juicy junkyard right? yes yes and I mean, then there's just this creepy, like, vaudeville, like, it's not, I guess dad jokes aren't sexy. God, I'm <laughs> stupid. Um, but there's there's the classic, like, like, take my wife, please kind of moment yeah. when they're in bed and she gets into the bed next to him, right? Yes. And he's like, if I rolled over right now and tried to make love to you, would you call the police? Only if I thought you needed help. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great but line. But it's just though. sort of like, sort of like, right? Like, it's just uh, sort of this, this waka waka kind yes. of uh, joke. But the thing that sort of weirds me out in hindsight, thinking about the show, is that I think as a kid, I just really, and now, like, I really key into what I see as the glamour of it. And of course, I love, like, I love Nick and Nora and the Thin Man. Like it's my fantasy to just have, like, not maybe not a husband, but um, like a partner <laughs> where it's where it's just like ah, oh, Snappy Patter, Preston Sturgis, mm-hmm. like the whole deal, right? Who doesn't want that? I I mean I don't need to solve crimes necessarily, but it wouldn't hurt to be witty and rich <laughs> yeah. looking, <laughs> like wearing Halston, uh-huh. you know. But <laughs> but I think it the glamour of it. Is something that really intoxicated me, like I'm saying. But what weirds me out now as an adult is that as hammy as it is, as corny as it is, as TV, you know, like cornball, it's it's like so sexual and so sexy and these people are married. And for whatever reason, I think as a kid, I just wasn't like picking up on that well i guess thank goodness right as a child to not pick up on that like wow those people are real sexy they're doing it in <laughs> bungalow 10. But, <laughs> yeah like but now as an adult i totally have these moments where i'm like ee, like i'm more <laughs> uptight as a sad adult than maybe as a kid that just didn't understand what's going on <laughs> i think as a kid i was just like oh they have a dog and they're rich and they have that yellow car and, <laughs> and you know like the, the one shoulder thing like just all about it right it's what, what, like what do you mean by e now like what 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 I, like the sexual I, tension i just cringe a little bit and that that's just me like uh-huh. i think i just i think what i'm cringing about is just the idea that there's so many things like as a being for myself like a kid in the 70s and 80s that it's just this moment where i'm like wow i can't believe people wore those pants <laughs> yes because i can't believe any why, man was comfortable in the in the late 70s right like, mm-hmm. and it's it's freaky like to think that that was just like the norm or whatever and and you know maybe it wasn't the norm to people that had come up you know like people my parents age or whatever because they're like, mean, mm, the 50s. like because of the camel nut or the moose knuckle level or the camel toe level i'm not even like, like that's not even like my my sexuality. main concern is the butts like there was <laughs> there's <laughs> there is a, a serious lack of booty meat in the late seventies male television actor. And they're not, wearing like 
the thinnest material yeah. pants. It was not accentuated correctly. No, it's no, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it is not accentuated. Period. Poorly, <laughs> it's, it, it shit ain't sensual at all. It's, it's just like these boards with a couple of balloons in it. Yeah, like it was not like uh, it deflated balloons. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Not good look. Not a good look, man. Like it no. was, it was nasty. But I mean, I'm thinking about now and like the gym short sweatpant thing that's happening now for men is fucking crazy you can see like the definition of the penis in pants <laughs> right now. well hey joe my childhood yeah <laughs> um not in my house but right. everywhere else yeah right i mean that was just a thing and so that's the something that, that i feel like whenever yeah it's like oh wow whenever um i revisit things like heart to heart i'm just always a little bit taken aback because people's bodies are on prominent display. And of course it's like the arc of fashion, right? To go from this sort of bohemian hippie-ish moment where things are loose and captains and it's like very natural and and casual because people are making a a solid break from like the structured tailoring of the sixties and the fifties and like the conservative, like the high collars, like all of that. Right. Then everybody's like, I just wear this smock and I spin and I spin. And then all of a sudden it's like, it just shifts into this very body conscious, very Mm -hmm. fitness oriented, uh, culture. And everything is, is even just like the, the workwear for women, like the idea that it's very fitted for men, like the same thing, very tailored and men like clung to that sort of Western thing, which is extremely fitted mm-hmm. and about being like really, you know, athletic and yeah. robust and outdoorsy. Like, yeah, there's just like this, this whole situation. And then the eighties, of course, like seven late seventies and eighties then brings on like jiggle TV and, and TNA and like the Charlie's angels things. But I sometimes wonder about, how that affects my own psyche or my own ideas about sexuality, just in terms of like a visual and aesthetic sense, because to grow up when everything is very, like people perceive things as being very hypersexualized now, like with social media and, Mm -hmm. and all of it. And, and it is, but I think that there's something so much weirder about like the late seventies, early eighties moment when Everybody did it. Everybody wore those things. Mm-hmm. Everybody. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> but the thing for me is, is particularly when we're talking about television, uh, men, men really didn't seem to be sexualized normally in television as opposed to women who were constantly and at all times sexualized. Like every man, like a leading man in the seventies and early eighties was 45 plus Mm -hmm. like there weren't men in their twenties didn't exist in the seventies and eighties in television unless they were thugs or like, like some or teenagers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and those teenagers were always 30. Uh, They didn't exist and they weren't sexualized even though they're Mm -hmm. wearing pants that are just like, like here's where your foreskin ends. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And here's the ass you don't have. Yeah. Like that, that was, that was just normal, like fashion. That was just like streetwear. That was just fashion. They weren't, they weren't as physically sexualized. I don't think, but personality wise, like men were sexualized in a way where they were supposed to be like a rock of a person. They were supposed to be brutes. brutes. There's a scene in macho. Yeah. Yeah. Macho. There's a scene in this heart to heart episode 
where she's trying to get him to leave the health spa and he mm-hmm. just grabs her by the shoulders and shakes her and her like right. leg, her neck goes like turkey limp <laughs> and it's just like shaken. And it's like, the, it doesn't really, like it's uncomfortable turkey and it's limp. like, it's just weird looking and it doesn't really like fit the scene. And I think she, who, who plays Jennifer? Stephanie Powers. Stephanie, Stephanie Powers. And th- this is Stephanie Powers, also known as Stefania Zofia Fedorkevich. And I played Jennifer Hart. Stephanie Powers, I think, were, I think she's a great actor, by the way. I think she, especially she's in this fantastic. scene, she's incredible. And in that she's scene, she does that thing where her like neck goes limp and he's shaking her, but she's mm-hmm. like still delivers her lines in a powerful way, even through being physically like shaken and assaulted <laughs> in, in a weird way <laughs> where this, this man was supposed to like shake sense into her. He was supposed right. to be the one who's grounded and like, have this like power of personality and authority over her. That's how he, that's how men were sexualized. Oh well, then when they play out their plan, their little game mm-hmm. of her screaming for help. Yeah, and him slapping and her. them him slapping her. Which she she then slaps him back, which I was very happy about. But uh, <laughs> the, and throws that basket of flowers the, at <laughs> Bunny or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> she she slaps the shit out of Jonathan. Let's yeah. be real. Okay, good. Though he doesn't react. So he's clearly like he's shaken. But you mean in future episodes or no? In this one, yeah, I guess a bit. He just doesn't move. Like when he slaps her, her whole body keels over. When she slaps him, his face doesn't move at all. Yeah, he does register like, oh, you actually just hit me. Yeah, (laughs) which is funny. It was it was humorous in this that whole plan. Like they plan this thing to get out of the situation they're in. They plan it kind of off screen and then we're like led into their plan and it's like what was your plan? Because he like starts getting masking tape slices on his steering wheel. He He, puts them in his his coat. In his coat. He hides his car and then walks Mm -hmm. back up the country lane and then tapes the window punches through it somehow that's like not really shown it's fucking weird why does he have masking tape in the glove box of what kind of car is it is it a porsche i I think it's a ferrari is it a ferrari Ferrari. yeah i was just like hmm that's real also it's like two inch wide masking tape and i realized that's a weird yeah but meanwhile like like, "Hmm, the plan for jennifer was just to (laughs) submit to this anxiety session yeah. And she gets hypnotized fully yeah. while he's doing whatever the fuck he's like. She's sleuthing. susceptible to yeah. hypnosis. <laughs> but but they don't know that. I mean, like maybe it's the most realistic part of the entire cockamamie thing is that they, of course, don't know that it's a hypnotism thing. Right. right they right. Uh-huh. don't know why Sam committed suicide oh, yeah. or whatever. Like they Cadillac. don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like it's giant, like the world's biggest car. Like the car is like bigger <laughs> yes. than the whole front of the small. <laughs> it's bigger than the but, road. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's the only, only super real part is like, well, oops. Yeah. Jennifer's getting hypnotized you guys, because no one could see that coming. Mm-hmm. And then it takes Jonathan so long to figure out about the blinking lights. I realize. Yeah, we come right out of the realism when Jonathan becomes a safe cracker. Uh, He is apparently an expert safe cracker and unlocks the door to that office uh, with a stethoscope (laughs) and goes in there. He throws the stethoscope so loudly. Yes. But he finds the tapes. He finds the cassette tapes. Yes, okay. And listens to Sylvia Maxwell's tape and then finds Sam's tape 
and and lights it on fire. The most Ugh. flammable cassette tape in the world because My he lights God. it on fire. Okay, it immediately catches. He throws it in a trash can and it it, it just, it just explodes. In the it we just have to immolates. say, okay, yeah. so this is the major plot of the episode is he's getting to this. He cracks the safe door that goes into this office mm. where there's like a two-way mirror that this big doctor has been looking through the whole time. And he's constantly behind. He's constantly behind. They're just staring at people as they interact with the other doctor lady who runs the facility where they are Mm -hmm. and he listens to the actors the blush actresses tape yes (laughs) um, and she's like crying because she she drunkenly ran over somebody and killed them like a child i think yeah Yeah, she hit and run this kid and she's like if anyone finds this out i'll be ruined so they were blackmailing her for money i guess but they but yeah they don't they don't really get into that she we know she's been blackmailed so we know that they're hypnotizing people rather oh. effectively with that hundreds year old, hundreds of year old <laughs> Ruby, year old. Uh-huh. and and tapping into that and recording them. Right. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, the Sylvia Maxwell thing—it's just sort of like, again, like there's something that there's just m- several pieces missing in what mouse and bunny are doing with yes. the guy that played the governor of California on Benson, but now plays he's playing the evil psychiatrist. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. Like, I, I guess I just get really distracted because the plot for the, the pilot is so confusing and thin, but like the opening sequence and the fun, like the it's bookended with stuff that I think is really solid. And so like right. the opening sequence where, yes, Eric, he is an asshole, but it's like, you know, like go and, and they establish max and freeway and the richness and all, and the drinking, all of which I'm a fan of. Then at the end, they establish like yet another awesome one shouldered thing for Jennifer. And he's all, he's all, you're beautiful. And she's like, Oh yeah, I am whatever. Right. And she's like, Oh, there's giraffes outside of our private plane, whatever. Mm. Right. Like, like those two things, seem entirely separate from the entirely crazy spa story that makes no sense. (laughs) So I find the, the whole (laughs) idea of the show, like it's just so long. Yes. It's so weird. Yeah. The fashion is so tight on people's genitals. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's not good. Um, You mean the plot? It's not good. It's not good. No. Um, it's not, uh, this it's is my dark. other, this is my other rewrite section is mm-hmm. he, cause he finds his friend who died. The reason they're there, he drove mm-hmm. himself off a cliff. He finds his right. tape of whatever he confessed to these, um, mm-hmm. therapists and he mm-hmm. burns it. And I'm like, that's such a waste. You threw away such it's a evidence. Gem. It's evidence. That's that's evidence. It's evidence that he it's was murdered. Like, he he's like, I don't want to know, <laughs> Sam, you're my best friend. Like I'm going to burn this so that nobody finds it. And it's like, you could have explored so much psyche in that, like whatever Sam did, like, even if we don't hear it as, as the audience, like if just Jonathan hears that and he's like shaken by it or we do hear it and it's, and it loops into like, what's going on with this whole facility. It's like such a wasted little gem, like hundreds year old gem well, of a, like, a <laughs> and he just burns it. And I'm like, are you see, like, no, like I, I was so excited when he got to that scene. Cause I was like, we're finally going to figure out, what happened? Yeah, but speaking of wasted gems, can we just acknowledge that Roddy McDowell, who of course is 
Cornelius in the Planet of the Apes <laughs> plays the creepiest, fetishy, weirdo, overtly threatening doctor. And I also <laughs> feel like there's two things for me. Joe, I don't think we've addressed your your three concerns, and I apologize. My three I think confusions. That. But, <laughs> but I, I think confusions say. I think that... <laughs> That there's two things that are very important to me about the episode that we haven't discussed yet. Mm-hmm. Number one, and actually these are in no particular order, although there's only two things. <laughs> Number one, that when you go to that spa, they provide you with Nike Cortez with a gold swoosh yes. that matches your robe. Yes. And you just wear them all the time with like not socks. Uh-huh. Uh which to me is just like I would go to that spa and risk getting murdered. Yeah. Oh, a, I want in that a, in an herbal mummy wrap just what? to get those. Shoes. I want the velour tracksuit so bad, oh like that blue velour. I want track the suit. white one. I don't. I don't. Not feeling the blue. I'd oh, no, the I'll white do the blue. One. I'll do the blue. Okay. Um, you can have the white. Great. Great. <laughs> yes. Um, as long as we all get the gold swoosh Nikes. One hundred percent. This. The second thing is. I am sort of alarmed that we've gotten this far in the discussion and nobody has talked about the poisonous snake. I know. In the no. okay, I, I was, thinking I was about kind that. of saving I that. I was that. kind of saving that. And actually maybe this, is a, maybe this is a good, I think this is a good time to bring well, this wait. up. You know what segment I was saving that for? <laughs> was what? it mine? Pick your Pope. Pick your Pope. Yes. So, Okay, so here's a segment. You guys gonna poke the snake? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so we're we're going to now pick, we're gonna pick, pick our... the most fuckable. Can we say it all together? In, Can we say pick character? your poke? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Are we I'm ready? I'm uncomfortable with this. No, Ellen. You agreed to this. Now you need to just you need just to picture along. Halston genitals, and you'll feel so comfortable. Okay. On three. After three. Okay. okay. One, Wait, what are we, are we we're announcing? Saying, we're saying, we're saying pick, pick your, your poke. poke. So we'll, we'll say, we'll say it like this. Pick your poke. Oh. Okay. <laughs> like Wheel of Fortune. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm leaving all, I'm leaving all, all right. of this so in. It'll be, I'll count to three and then it's the beat after three. Okay, okay. ready? I'm going to start crying. Okay. One, two, three. Pick your, your poke. <laughs> I guess this delay. doesn't work with a Zoom delay. There was a delay. <laughs> <laughs> now Ellen is like even more embarrassed because she was like isolated from us saying it. Oh no! <laughs> you were just a Halston genital out there in the wind. <laughs> Who's going first? Who's starting? You go. Okay. Well, I just want to go because my thought process behind pick your poke was it was Jonathan Hart for so much of the episode. I was like, damn, like he looks good. He's so cute. He's like such a scamp. I love his personality. I love his energy. But then the guy, he climbed into an air shaft, a giant air shaft that, that could, you like, could have an apartment in. in. Yeah. You could like, it's like a bigger apartment than ours <laughs> and then a man comes up and puts something from a sack into the air shaft and then locks the air shaft behind him mm-hmm. and that man is my poke that i choose that man is also my poke <laughs> it's also eric's poke that man is but but i i would like to clarify Aww. and i i made this i made this point earlier and joe didn't agree with me and I, yeah, I don't agree. I, I'm gonna have to post photos on our Instagram. Uh, my 
Poke is the guy that drops the snake in the air vent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen but, to yourself. But <laughs> when yeah. when okay, so he's he's a very he's a very seventies blonde man. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, blondes like yeah. that do not exist anymore mm-hmm. in America. Uh, they they I think were they're in Australia. They were killed in the nineties. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> they were all, all just they are in Australia. eradicated right. in the 90s. They now are in Australia and probably Sweden. But after he drops the snake in, when we see him exiting the little utility closet that he that he went in to get to the air vent, it's a different guy. It's yeah. a different guy yeah. with it's longer not, hair and not. a weirder face. No, he it is a totally different. different guy. It's like different lighting. It's not. It's I am posting. Po- I am going to post photos yeah. <laughs> on our Instagram, and I urge our listener to our listener <laughs> to weigh in <laughs> in the comments <laughs> and tell me, like, just say Eric's right or Joe's right. It's yeah. a different fucking guy. I don't I leaving the place. I really want to know what he's credited as. Snake dropper. I don't know. It doesn't say. <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> It's time to pick your pick. Um, it's the woman who's locked in the trunk. Oh, oh shit. fuck yeah! She's my yeah, second. You know what? She's she was my first. She's a better bet. I was like, <laughs> from the minute she shows up, I was like, that's my poke. She's incredible. Yeah. Oh, can we yeah. talk about that fight scene for just a quick second? Yeah. Like how she basically just rolls into the trunk. Well, okay, yeah. so. Homegirl had been hiding in that trunk for God knows how long (laughs) to spring out and attack Jonathan. Jonathan and Jennifer are finally leaving the health spa. Uh, Am I Mm -hmm. correct in believing that Jennifer was hypnotized into not noticing that this woman exists? It seemed like it, but then she kind of saves the day. Cause I, well, no, cause I was like, no, because she's like, Jonathan, stop playing around. Yeah. But he's being, Brutally beaten up by this woman. (laughs) Like she is whooping his ass. And the only reason that he gets out is because Jennifer decides to back the car up. Yeah. But okay. But she's not backing the car up to save him. She's backing the car up to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Cause she's she's tired of it. She's she's sick. She's like, Ugh, I gotta go. The hypnosis goes deeper (laughs) than we are told. (laughs) Than we even realize. Like this is a, so, okay. Or is that just her character? It's the Ruby. It is that hundreds 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 of years. Hundreds of years years old. (laughs) Hundreds of years of history. (laughs) So I don't know if she was just being like her cavalier heart, like persona, or if she was in hypnosis mode, which obviously Sam was when he crashed his car. Because like, this is the moment in the show when she's hypnotized. She's obviously going to, okay. We didn't explain the like flashing lights on the side of the freeway on the side of that clip mountain road. There's flashing lights. And Sam, when he crashed off the mountain road, saw the flashing lights. They find those in the therapist's office. There's these big flashing lights Mm -hmm. that they like tell Jennifer, your husband's between the flashing lights, Mm -hmm. go towards the flashing Mm -hmm. lights. And then she gets in the car to drive them away. And you're like, Oh, well, she's going to fucking drive off the cliff the same way. Right. So then this lady pops out of their trunk though, (laughs) which like is why is that necessary to do for the therapist? Because they know that she's going to drive off the cliff. They fist fight. They go over a a different car. She beats the shit out of Jonathan Hart. She whoops his ass. Yeah. 
in her purple jumpsuit. She looks incredible. Like, did mm-hmm. they hypnotize her to not see purple? Like, Maybe. I, I just, I, I can't get over this. That's so funny. <laughs> Cause it's very evident to me that she doesn't notice that there's a fight going on. Yeah. She's like, let's go. What do you want? And it doesn't seem for? like a cute, playful, like, it's not like, oh, you can handle yourself, Jonathan. Like, stop fucking around and beat that bitch up. Yeah. She's, she's just like, what are you doing? We, we, we have to go. Yeah. Jonathan, would you please stop fooling around and get in the car? But she's like so clearly out of it. When Jonathan's like, we have to get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, oh, they this. Like, they just relaxed me and then they put me to bed. And then I've got another session in the morning. You know, like she's like. Yeah, she's zonked. She's gone. She's Ruby. Yeah, she's Ruby. Like that's Ruby. hundreds of years of history, you guys. I don't know if you are not remembering that. She's Ruby. Hundreds of years of history. But <laughs> the the woman in the trunk is just like super so random. But but in the times that I've seen it since like seeing it as a kid, I've just been like so delighted by that yeah. scene. Because I'm now conditioned, like in almost in a Pavlovian way, to just slobber with delight, mm-hmm. as every episode has, like just a fist fight at the end of it. That's just completely, like mm-hmm. it's just very borderline that it even has to be there. Like it's just this weird moment where yeah. Jonathan fist fights whoever, um, and so it's just like, ooh, ooh, the lady it's in the just... trunk, like she's wearing this rad <laughs> burgundy jumpsuit, which I really feel. Of course, she's like kind of Asian because, like people always want you to be kind of Asian when you're doing like fake martial arts or some shit. Yes. And she's really tall, which is also confusing to me. But anyways, that's my thing. But so she's in the trunk. But what's interesting to me is that she's a red shirt, right? Oh yeah. Yes, totally. Almost literally a red shirt. Yeah. But that (laughs) the creepy doctors take the time to acknowledge the fact that they've that she's being sent to her death. Yeah, I love that moment yeah. where they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry that she has to die" because they know that that car is going off the cliff. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, we really like her," blah, blah, blah. Yeah. like, "Oh, she's really loyal," and it's like, "Well, there's something that never happens." Yeah. And for me, for me, it was just this moment where I'm like, maybe creepy, fetishy, like overtly sexualized, obviously fake doctors, mouse and bunny, mm-hmm. like maybe like I sold them short. Like maybe they matter more to me because I'm the kind of person that when people are doing chase scenes down the street and like, there's always that old man whose fruit cart gets yes. turned over. And I'm just always kind of worried about them. Like I always like my head snaps around in the theater, like frantically trying to see something that's not actually on screen about oh no, that person got knocked down. And I feel like Bunny and Mouse are one of the few moments where characters in the story acknowledge the fact that they are totally fucking somebody. Oh, But they don't care. it's really weird. (laughs) It's really weird. Yes. They They care a little bit. They don't really care. They are, I mean, they care (laughs) in a sociopathic way. (laughs) They use pet names for each other. They acknowledge. (laughs) They're like, she was very loyal and we're sorry to see her go. And it's so funny that she was in that trunk and then Jennifer just backs up and deposits her right back in the same trunk. So, like, Mm -hmm. I was like... Did this happen to her earlier in the night too? Like, did the exact same thing happen? <laughs> she got in a fight scene and then was deposited back in the trunk. And this also, okay, 
So this is the craziest moment of the episode for me was they're driving along. Jennifer's going really fast. He's like, slow down, honey. Like you're going too fast around this hairpin (laughs) turn. The flashing lights are coming up. You know, she's going to go off the cliff. He like grabs her. He realizes what it is. He realizes what's happening. He grabs her. They veer off the road. He's like, the lights. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I'm wearing this amazing alpaca, like (laughs) hood poncho thing. That was amazing, by the way. I was really into that. So they, he grabs. Grabs her, he tackles her. They veer around the corner and run into a cop car. The same, the cop same cop. Before. And then he weirdly he puts his her hood over her eyes as if she's dead. And then the cop comes out and is like, "She's dead." Like, and it's like, "No." And he says, "Now it's sleeping." No sleeping. Or dead tired. Like, she says, "She says she fainted. <laughs> fainted. She fainted. Yeah." And, and then, then the the cop's like, "Oh, she's a real looker, or something really gross." Yeah, like something disgusting. Like yeah. Something then, like vaguely necrophiliac. Yeah. Like this feels like a really topical scene based on everything that's happening right now because Jonathan Hart is obviously a white man. A woman jumps out of his trunk and like stumbles <laughs> around the car, and the cops like. What's that? And he's like, what does he say? I like to keep a spare in the trunk. And it's like, that's disgusting. Like that, like to my core is just like. It's atrocious. Every level disgusting. And he's smiling the entire time. And the cop is also probably smiling. The the cop is smiling. And it's like, that's so, okay, I get that that's a joke for TV, but like that is so real and just like, just the most disgusting. Oh, but no. So here's, of course that is all disgusting, but we also have to keep in mind that the way that the criminals in this episode are brought to justice is by that fucking cop. Yeah. That's how they get away. That's how they get taken to jail, Yeah, which took me two viewings to even get like catch. Cause I thought, I thought at the end of the episode, I was like, Oh shit, this is like the X Files. They're never gonna solve anything. <laughs> no, it's like really wrapped up quickly. There's well, like it's wrapped up in like, five seconds. Yeah. I feel like we haven't even solved this crime. Um I don't even know what the crime necessarily I was. Either. I mean, yeah. I get it. They they were blackmailing you know. people, but they did murder some and they murdered two people. You couldn't you could not if somebody hypnotized somebody and that person drove off a road, those people aren't criminals. <laughs> you can't prove that. That I mean it is like the perfect murder. You really can't like be like you murdered that person. No, he drove his fucking car off a cliff. Like that we didn't mm. hypnotize him. Hypnotism doesn't exist. <laughs> like I mean they murdered that woman. I don't know it, why they didn't just hypnotize her too because they really had a perfect thing going, but they like injected her with something. I can't well, believe she I'm told saying them, this. She told the hearts. Right. But I didn't pick my poke. Am I given? Oh, like, that's do right. I get a, oh, do fuck. I get to not do that? I no, thought it was the, the no you, said, you said it was the lady. Oh, the, yeah, it was. Uh, oh, yeah, I did. It was that's Jane. Right. <laughs> Jane, that's her name. That's but, what it is. I okay. didn't need to say her name. So that actress, Jane. that actress's name is Lena Raymond. And she okay. was also in Jane, The Incredible Hulk. I want Hulk. to say her name. <laughs> but she was in The Incredible Hulk and The Knight Rider. And in, in a movie called Mirror Images, she plays Intense Woman. Oh, okay. I mean. <laughs> we have to watch that movie now. We absolutely okay, have to Jane. watch that. I guess I felt bad because I didn't. I called her like the trunk lady or but, whatever. <laughs> Ellen, who were you thinking of when you were just thinking about I didn't pick my poke? Who were you going to pick? No, it's Jane. I just couldn't remember it it because I've been drinking pretty heavily. Oh, yeah, okay. no, it's Jane. Okay, okay, okay. There's nobody else. I, I mean, like it's it's like Jane or Sam Roberts. Sam was. He seems. 
Sam he was kind of so hot. Like, yeah. No. There's that nice painting of him. Sam, Sam, well, hot, hot's the wrong word, but Sam was an attractive that older smile. man. Ugh. No, no, no. Uh, oh, I did want to bring up that I think that this show would be amazing if it was recast with Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Oh, oh my yeah. God. How I would love that. Like that, if they remake this show... I only want to watch it if it's Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara as as the hearts. And and I mean now. Like <laughs> right now. Yeah. Well, I think that would be the best show ever. The the only remakes that I'm aware of um are both American remakes that did not happen. The first one being pitched was in two thousand two and and it had Alan Cumming assigned like mm supposedly connected to it attached to the project and it was going to be a gay couple Hmm. and they were going to be interior designers that solved mysteries and it's like it's like that's actually not heart to heart i was Um, like so that's so awesome and then you said interior designers. yeah then you ruined it but (laughs) but then but then in 2015 um there was a, a reboot in the works again also with a gay couple. So that's cool. There's some, there's something about heart to heart, which is interesting to me because like, I think that the thin man and Nick and Nora, like doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily like making like a straight beeline towards a gay couple or a same sex relationship. Right. But for whatever reason, like once it gets channeled through the Sydney Sheldon, like mm-hmm. 79 eighties treatment, then everyone that, that like considers it as like a jumping off point from that point. Like when you're jumping off from Nick and Nora, you get heart to heart. When you're jumping off from heart to heart, you imagine like a same sex couple. And I think that's really interesting. And I don't know if that was like, just, they're just trying to be more progressive and it, it didn't take off with the studios, but it's just strange. I think that it's hard to, it's hard to have a masculine male lead in the world of glamour and not have him be an asshole. Like, like that kind of cute catty male lead that Jonathan Hart is, uh, doesn't really translate to masculine American television star anymore. Like it's, he would have to be like somehow traumatized. Yeah. Like, like he would basically be going along with his wife's whims in her, her like jet setting thing, like male jet setters are basically homosexual. Yeah. Well, but don't you, don't you think that there's, there's something also that has to be acknowledged about the idea that what they're saying is that it's not masculine to be so enamored of your wife or to celebrate your wife. Oh yeah. No, he's, he's, he's whipped. Like he's, yeah, like she that's withholds sex. <laughs> she withholds sex as a as a weapon in the relationship, yeah. which which comes up when she says, "What mm-hmm. if I won't have sex with you for a year?" Mm-hmm. And he says, "That sounds right. like, that sounds like you." Yeah, like that's yeah, that's one terrible relationship dynamic, but yeah. <laughs> but also like but that's you're pussy whipped, like you're you're a yeah. I think it's it's something to note that when we think of the thin man even when the characters are saying things that at this moment we think are are like very sexist or very gender biased or very, you know, insensitive by the awareness levels that we have now. It's like, there's also something that is always very feminized for whatever reason about somebody being arch, right? Like if a man is, is super wry or super clever, uh, talks to his 
wife as uh, an equal, like when they have that banter, there's something that's that is presented as it being like sort of feminized or less than masculine. Like if you're willing to meet on the level playing field and acknowledge that there's like a wittiness or in the case of Hart Hart and often in the thin man, right? Like Nora has more money. Nora has the power. Like Nick is in many ways kind of like the, the, he kind of things just happen to Nick, right? Like he yeah. has, he's all a passive, like Nick, yeah. there's just a lot of meat on that bone in terms of like what characteristics we historically associate with being feminist or fem, sorry, feminized or masculine. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's very depressing uh, to consider that, <laughs> <laughs> that witty, wittiness might mean like that people are inst- instantly equate that with like, well, if you're a witty man, Feminine. you must be no, no coward, right? You must be Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gay. Um, totally. And then of course, oh, yeah. if, if you're a witty woman, like there's some moments where you're given a pass where it's like, well, if you're a witty woman, that's super sexy looking, then you're this, if you're not, you're Dorothy Parker and you're kind of a handful, you know, like, it's just yeah, like, totally. there's a, a lot of, of unspoken uh, ideas that I think in, infuse these pop cultural representations. Yes. But I think heart to heart is just, it's weird how the characters evolve and, how the power balance shifts even throughout the episode. It's really interesting, but also it's like sexualized marital like situation, like a married couple that wants to fuck each other all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's true. All married couples on TV shows nowadays are like over each other. So, Oh yeah. They're non-sexual. Like once, once, but but that's once they have kids. Yeah. They're all just like, once you have kids, you're you're no longer sexual. Yeah. And they don't have Hmm. kids. So they kind of escape that trope. Because I think that's a right. more relatable thing to show on TV, probably. Okay, ratings. Ratings. Okay, here All right. we, go. we will rate. We will rate this episode based on it. the quality of it, uh, the writing, the mm-hmm. acting, the mm-hmm. production design. Mm-hmm. All the things that make a show good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will rate it on the enjoyment that we had of it. And we will also take into account how good Freeway was in the episode (laughs) because Freeway, the dog, is... The heart and soul of the show. The heart of heart to heart. Is he in more? (laughs) Is he in other episodes more? He's in every episode. Right, but is he in the more? There are entire Freeway episodes. Freeway episodes. Max and Freeway both have... Yes. Multiple episodes. Because like the dog this, and the butler get equal billing. Like the amount you guys <laughs> yeah. mentioned Freeway before I saw this episode, like I, and then the amount he was in this episode, I was like, oh, Freeway is like not even a part of this at all. <laughs> but I'm glad he's in it more later yes, on. Yes, he is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'll start. Yeah. Okay. Just because I can. My opinion on the pilot episode of Heart to Heart is that it is a a one hour slash forty five minute episode of television that was stretched uncomfortably (laughs) into 90 minutes. Uh, It just feels like it's not like it's not enough story for one episode. They should have done one episode that was just introducing the characters Mm -hmm. and then an episode where mystery is involved and they tried to mesh those two and they, I don't think they did it well. Mm -hmm. That said, as soon as this episode was over, I I was so excited to watch another episode. <laughs> like I'm I and I haven't yet. So I'm I'm really jonesing for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm going to give this four hearts. 
on quality. On no, on all of it. Like oh, oh, so, oh. yeah. We're not doing oh, wow. individual. We're not oh, going to okay. do individual. Okay. Stuff that's Those too complicated. The, okay. Like an overall rating. Oh, I, like on okay. quality, I would give it. If we want to go there, I would give it like a a three on quality. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Um, the acting is fun, and the, the casting the is good. The writing the stor- is the writing story. is. That's where it. The dialogue is good, but the story is shit. Where you got to knock some hearts down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So three for that uh, enjoyment level is definitely a five. Mm. And uh, Freeway was super adorable, but not utilized enough. Mm. So that's a three. But overall, I'm giving it a four. <laughs> okay. 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 Ellen. Oh, all right. Um. I am going to give it a three, which I realize as the steadfast lover, that seems kind of like a pan, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know, do you ever just have a, like a, just meet somebody and you go out and it's just a little bit awkward at first. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I haven't done that you guys, but <laughs> um, never the, <laughs> I, I think it's a three and it's partly because I think I'm, my opinion is colored by the other episodes, but yeah, I'm going to give it a three mm. because not enough freeway. Yeah. Yep. The acting is in some cases so horrible that it's almost unbelievable to me, but mm. I did enjoy it very much. Of course, like obviously I, I super love it, but I'm, I'm going to say a three <sighs> because I think that's honest but I feel like the way that the episode is bookended, anything that happens that's not at that dumb spa, I think is amazing. Yeah. Um, everything that happens to the spa, I'm just like, ugh, stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be clear that they're outside of the spa when Jane and Jonathan start throwing blows <laughs> and she ends that's up back true. in the trunk. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my boo Jane, like, I'm just going to give her a pass, but I'm going to say three. And I know we don't want to get into halves or quarters or whatever. I mean, you can, you can, if you, if you want to do halves, please do halves. Mm. If you want to do quarters, you're just exposing yourself as an ultra nerd, Yeah, uh, which is totally fine. Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. And I, I think I, I, everyone can know it's like that. I just love it five, but I just feel like realistically like, Oh my God. Tough okay. love. I'm giving it tough love. That, that works. So I wanted to do a half rating. <gasps> I, I wanted to do three and a half was my initial. Ooh. But here's what I'm going to do. Okay. This is oh so God. we also didn't talk about the end of the episode. They go to a poker game in some place where there are camels. They fly a private jet, go to this poker game, and then they're flying they're in away. The Middle East. They're in the Middle East. And then they're flying away and then Jennifer looks out the window and sees Giraffe and gets confused. And I was con- as confused as she was. Because Max is learning Italian. And I was like, <laughs> they wait. Were, because they were going to go to dinner in Rome. In yes. Rome. But then there's giraffes. And she's like, we're not in Italy. And then. It's like, where were they playing yeah, a poker game? Like yeah. Tripoli or something? I was super confused about that. Okay. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rate this episode of four <laughs> hearts. Oh. <gasps> But if we're not in the African bush in the next episode, it's going down to three hearts because oh, they specifically well. oh, talk we're about not. spoiler alert. Uh, oh, your not. rating is yeah. three hearts. Okay, three sorry. hearts. Three hearts. Then I'm sorry. Like okay. I tried. I tried. No, that's a legit rating. They I think that's a up. legit rating. They set me up to fail because they talk specifically about being in the African bush for so Look, long. 
you can't go straight into the diamond mine episode because it's always a fucking downer. Uh-huh. Right, exactly. Three star three hearts, not stars. <gasps> I actually, wow. you know what? Can I I'm sorry. I'm actually gonna alter my rating too. What? I'm gonna bring my rating down to three hearts. Oh, wow. oh my god! And I'm, I'm bringing it down because what you just brought up reminded me <laughs> of the poker game at the end. Yeah, with the uh, the Arab gentleman uh, played EDM by me. played by yeah. George Scaff oh, no. <laughs> from Los Angeles, California, uh-huh. who I believe was actually he seemed British, uh, but. Uh, was a white dude uh-huh. in brown face. And that immediately deducts a point Ooh, for me. Uh-oh. Uh, anytime there is brown face or any sort of thing like that, I am going to have to deduct a heart. watching a show from the seventies. I don't really care. Okay. Like I, I don't think you don't that, give it any, I, I'm not giving any, I'm not giving cultural. racism a leeway. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm just going to deduct a point from that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, we all rated it three hearts. Is that correct? <gasps> yeah. Well, I three and a I, half. I did three, three and, and a half. half. So, so it's so nine and a half. It's nine and a half, which which qualifies it as a good episode a of television. Attack. It's a heart attack. It's a heart attack. Okay, great. Oh, I was worried. I was worried that we were doing a heartworm. No, What's no. A heartworm rating. Heartworm. So it has to be seven or below seven for it to below. be a okay, bad good. episode. Oh, of I'm glad because I think it is a heart attack. As a I pilot. do too. I, I, I am. As I said, I'm so excited to watch the next episode. Yeah, I'm very too. excited to do the next episode of this podcast. A little bummed that they're setting this whole African bush thing up and they just don't follow through. I mean, okay, if in the next episode they're like the African bush was crazy, we like we got so wild there. If they say anything along those lines that they had mm-hmm. spent this time in the African bush just to like keep this writing on par, then I'll give it uh, a four heart. In, in defense of the show, they do so much so often yeah. that they've probably forgotten about they've, the African they were bush. In the African bush <laughs> and they the forgot time, about it. By the time this episode comes there's out. any mention like, the, <laughs> like we're back from the African bush and then like, that's the only mention at all. I'm going back up to four hearts. Just no, like, it's, it, no, it's not going to happen. Okay. I feel like you have to just, have that same vibe that you have when Jessica Fletcher has 1500 nephews, <laughs> but, but no siblings. Yeah. What? Like, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. Or no apparent siblings. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah. Okay. What? Okay. Yeah. That's the thing okay. that the writers were thinking, like, like she needs to be stalking across this dark night to the, his bungalow with a gun, but there doesn't really need to be a reason for that to happen. And she just no. needs to be doing it. Like we're writing fun moments, but not backing it up with like actual story or content. Yeah. <laughs> pilots, pilot. Oh, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I enjoyed it. I, I liked it's it. Fun. It's fun. It's like, it's setting up a world that I want to explore more. It's sowing a little right. bit of confusion. So, yeah. Okay. Well, um, that we've done it. We've uh, done that's it. the first episode. It's a heart attack. <laughs> it's a heart attack. <laughs> pilot, pilot was a good one. Um, tune in next week where we are going to discuss ep- technically episode one of Heart to Heart, mm-hmm. which is right. titled... Hit Jennifer Hart, which I'm very, uh, oh, yeah. very curious to know what that means. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, please don't hit Jennifer Hart. Yes, don't hit don't Jennifer Hart. She'll hit you back. And like the the, the t- title of our episode is It Was Murder, and I'm not sure it was in this episode. Oh, uh, 
Well, you know, it was. was it was it murder? murder. Yeah. It was murder. It was, was murder, murder twice. They murdered Sylvia Maxwell. They oh, yeah. Sam. Sylvia Maxwell okay. was, was they straight, like, straight up They murdered. straight up murdered her. I will fully... I'm Sam was not murder, in my opinion. Hypnotism, I think it was murder by hypnosis. Hypnotism is not murder. <laughs> I will. I'm. Are you victim blaming? <laughs> I'm like, if you're not like strong if you're enough, susceptible if to you're hypnosis. mentally weak enough to like be susceptible to hypnotism, you deserve to die. <laughs> no, Wait, that's but not. So murder. then, what is it? It's it's not manslaughter. It's suicide. It was suicide. <gasps> that was not murder. But they did murder. The they murdered actor. Sylvia. Yeah. So like it was murder, but like it was murder. That the main murder was not a murder, in my opinion. Well, at least Mrs. H is still gorgeous. It was. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, <laughs> and with that, uh, if you like the podcast, please subscribe on your podcast streaming service. Mm-hmm. Rate and review mm-hmm. uh, because apparently that <laughs> that does something. Mm-hmm. And please rate us well. Give us, <laughs> you know, give us, give us that seventies bump. Give us five hearts. And, uh, yeah. Follow us on Instagram. It was murder pod is our Instagram and our Twitter. Yeah. I promise we'll have something up there soon. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's it. We'll see you next week. Night freeway. Night freeway. Night freeway. Poof, poof. <laughs> Done. Food.